Hey, you're listening to Innovators Can Laugh, the fun startup podcast. I'm your host, Eric Nocher. On ICL, we interview an innovative entrepreneur in the European tech startup scene every week. My goal is to have my guests share their wisdom while having a little fun in the process. Now let's dive in. Hello, beautiful people. How are y'all doing? I'm Eric Melcher, and thank you so much for taking time to join me out of a very busy day as I get to talk to some of the most inspiring and innovative people in the startup scene here in Europe. Now, I'm going to introduce you to Dan, but before I do that, I don't want you to miss a single episode of the show. So whatever platform you're on right now, if you haven't already, just reach out and give that subscribe button a push. That way you're notified every time there is a new episode. Anyway, my friends, I'm really excited about this. I'd like to introduce you to Dan Mark. He's the founder of AI startups, Footprints AI. Footprints AI is a cutting edge retail media platform that allows brands to target media audiences based on their predicted physical shopping behavior in different stages of their purchasing journey. How about that, huh? This results in lower costs, faster time to market and increased profits, giving their customers a competitive advantage in the retail media network. Dan, welcome to Innovators Collab. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks pleasure having you here. Sure. I'm very happy to be to join your, your podcast. Yeah, no, it's always good having somebody from Bucharest here. That way we can talk about, you know, the weather and other things that we love about being here or, or don't love, but that, that's another conversation. <laughs> okay. So first question for you, you know, we were talking before the show got started that you went to university on your first day. There was something that caught your attention. Can you t- can you tell the audience about that? What happened? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm just mentioning that uh, I'm from you know quite a small you know very small town in, in Romania. And first day in um, in faculty, and then there is this you know very beautiful woman, you know the most beautiful woman I've seen at that moment, and I could okay. and I'm still remembering the moment. <laughs> and it was something like you know out of my words. Of worlds, obviously, and now she's uh, my wife yeah. and uh, the mother of my two and a half year old. Uh, and, all right, uh, all right. <laughs> the story is that you know a lot of people, including myself, have about Romania. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, how did you approach her? I'm curious. Like, what, what did you let a few days go by? Like, what was the first thing you said to her? Can you give any advice for people that are going to be in this situation one day? <laughs> well, I I have one, you know, one better, which is not really an advice. So the advice is not to go that route that I I did. So we got closer as you know friends, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And I went into a, an area of a friend zone where every time I was seeing her, and she was uh-huh. by the way inviting me at her home sometimes to, you know, do homeworks together. And every time, so just before going and meeting her or going to her place, I was very sure that that moment that, you know, I'm going to go for it, right? I'm going to tell her what, what I feel and what I want and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then- This is when your heart starts beating really fast, <laughs> you're getting all nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, but, you know, yeah. your mind creates a scenario a success scenario, right? And then first second, first Microsoft second after seeing her answering the door, let's say, I blank out and then I come back to life, you know, one hour or one hour and a half later and I feel, found myself outside the door, right? Outside her home and uh, realizing that, you know, I said nothing, right? I was just the most stupid person. (laughs) (laughs) You're so upset with yourself. You're so upset with yourself because you had this intention and you yes, didn't indeed. act on it. Yes, yeah, so, yes. You know, I, yeah, we all know the feeling, I think. 
a few years later, actually, we, we were sharing, we, we stayed in A few back. years later? A few, yes, a few years later? It's not, you know, instant gratification success story. <laughs> it's a long term. <laughs> okay, okay. This so, is a long-term pro approach, a long-term long game here. Yeah, the, the longest term approach. So a few years <laughs> later, we you know, kept in touch and we were sharing, you know, thoughts and seeing content and music. And she sends me in this song, right? It's a romantic kind of song. And she says, sometimes I'm thinking about you when I'm listening to this song. And I said, okay, yes, really? And said, you never, you are never into me. You know, I know that you don't really fancy me. And uh, I said, no, I was, you know, on the contrary, I was just <laughs> to watch into you. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. And that was on chat, right? It was easier on chat, right? <laughs> Messaging and chatting is something that facilitates yeah. conversations these days and you know, express, expressing your feelings. And then, uh, yeah, and yeah, it's so much easier to, to pour your heart out, you know, on chat versus in, in, in person. Yeah. And I had one, one, one friction just to summarize it. So I was five, oh no, 2,900 kilometers away from her. So I get okay. my best friend. We jumped, you know, the next day after she said that to me in, into a van, 15 years old van, and we traveled 2000, you know, almost 3000 kilometers, you know, to her, you know, showering in gas stations on our way to Denmark. <laughs> so she was in Denmark and you were here in, in Romania? I was in Romania, yeah. So, okay. You know, there. And basically I had her stuff in the van and I got back to Bucharest and she got a flight back to Bucharest and here we are, right? <laughs> and by the way, it was the first time I was actually driving a van, uh -huh. a very old van, a very okay. shaky van, right? <laughs> I, uh, okay. you know, bringing back home the loving uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like one of those generals. I've always read these, you know, what I read about generals is that they're meticulous in planning. You know, before the actual war, you know, they, they take their time. But once the war starts, they act very quickly. And you didn't hesitate at all. You got off that chat room and the next day you told your friend, we're going to Denmark, give me your van. And then you 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 acted very abruptly. Well done. Well done. We did a, I did a plan on on my way, right? I had the you know the planning and all everything else. And it you know, it worked. All right. Okay, good for you. Good for you. I hope to meet you guys, you and your your wife one day and hear her side of the story. Yes. Because <laughs> there's always two sides, you know? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's get back to uh, Footprints 8i. Now, on your website, it says there, you will know what your customers' current and future needs and expectations are. You can go from anonymous traffic to an individualized shopping experience by knowing a person's shopping habits, their propensity to buy, to visit, their channel, relevance score, and more. So, Tell us more about footprints and like, how does it able to do all this? So I need to go back from, you know, um, you know, the first step that we did. So that was in 2014 when I was part of a, a very large uh, media corporation, right? Havas Worldwide. And I was the head of strategy for UK and Ireland. And, you know, I was doing everything, you know, around digital and, you know, digital strategies and so on. And in 2014, I met a few people looking to basically enable physical retail buildings with different sensors. And then I, you know, that was the aha moment for me. You know, I realized that there's no tracking, profiling, retargeting, remarketing kind of capabilities in the um, real world, right? As we did mm -hmm. in, the, in the digital world, right? In the digital ecosystems for e-commerce, for example. 
So that was the aha moment. And since then, we started building a very advanced technology in being able to anonymously track people in indoors using, you know, basically their mobile devices, but no identifiers behind to know exactly how they move and what's their purchasing intention. So for example, you go into a shopping mall and you start from, I don't know, parking space, and then you, you know, travel around a shopping mall and you might go into some shops, might spend some time there, might do some purchases or not. And this is what we're interested in. And of course, this went into the next stage of evolution because Eric, just imagine that today is Wednesday, right? If we can see a person on Wednesday lunchtime that is being in a shopping mall and goes to a playground and then, then to food court and then to cinema, more or less, we know exactly who you are, right? We don't really need to under, you know, you know, to ask you who you are and what you want. Basically the, the, the place that you are at, the time you are spending and your behavior sells a lot more than about you and your needs and your wants and your desires that then, you know, what you can actually tell to any kind of digital system, right? So this was the, the second stage of evolution, trying to predict and to guess what people, who people are, what they do, what they want and what they need based on where they spend time and what kind of shopping behavior they have. And you know, what's the, let's say weather outside and holidays and events and a specific shopping mall and a specific day and the time of the day, you know, these kind of things. And then what we, I'm a media guy, right? Myself. So my, you know, long-term desire is to make sure that we go beyond analytics, right? We can actually, you know select a group of individuals and be able to target them, right? And that was the third stage of evolution where we basically, we are one of the most cutting edge AI technologies that are capable to, so we are capable to find your digital twin based on your physical behavior, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, we look in offline, what you are doing, the, the group, the behavioral group that you are part of, you know, how you behave, what kind of, you know, products and brands and, you know, what kind of shopping behavior you have, you have an and we do the same in the online, and then we are trying to match the two together, right? Now, you so mentioned earlier that this is through your through your phone. Is this done through like geo tracking on a person's phone, like like being observed? Multiple technologies, multiple technologies, because most of the technologies nowadays are using the mobile apps, right, to to do that. But that's very limited, right? That's let's say ten percent of all the people going into a retail property. Right, a retail, mm -hmm. retail superb, a retailer's kind of space. You don't want to work through your uh, retailer with your phone, right? Trying to navigate, you know, between the aisles, right? That makes no sense. Yeah. So we do, we basically use the Wi-Fi, which is already in place in most of the retail spaces. Okay. And, and you know, we can uh, track the people based on just the fact that they have the Wi-Fi on. We don't need identifiers, right? We just need to make sure that we have a complete path right, of people based on their Wi-Fi signals, right, the radio signal, right, your Wi-Fi device, uh, mobile device has a Wi-Fi on, so that's a radio signal. So we capture that signal and we do tri triangulation of that every five seconds, so we create a path. Or we can use cameras, right, but again, anonymously, right, we don't need face, we don't need, you know, body kind of characteristics, we just need to sh to make sure there is a moving object, right. Okay. So that's, that's the, let's say, the, 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 the bigger Interesting. resource resource behind that we have. Yeah. 
So it sounds like there's not there's not a lot of infrastructure infrastructure for a, a retail store to actually start using the platform. Is that true? There's no basically if you perceive it this way, there's no big infrastructure investment to to do it. We are not a kind of company that goes comes to you and says, okay, you need to install this and that and that in order to be able to leverage the cust- customer relationship and the data you have. Right? We are that. The kind of company where we start with whatever we, you have in place. Okay. And we let the data models and the AI to do the, the magic. And then we build from that, right? What, what it means? It means that, for example, because of the written media profit potential, a retailer can grab those profits and reinvest in upgrading their IT infrastructure, right? Upgrading their in-store kind of capabilities to provide a great customer experience. Because nowadays, as you, you you already know, and you are aware of that, dealers have a very low profit margin, right? And, you know, everybody's promising, you know, next hour, you know, same day kind of delivery of any kind of products. So that's obviously got compressing the profit margins they have, right? And this is why innovation in the retail space is quite hard because there's not a lot of money to be reinvested into, um, into digital technology. So what we yeah. do, we provide a way for them to leverage and to create profits from the existing infrastructure. And then that those profits, they go back to upgrade the technology in place for the, for the, for the in-store experience, right? If it makes okay. sense. Yeah. Dan, what are some of the benefits your clients are seeing from using, you know, your technology from using footprints? Well, you can, you can compare the, you know, we have the same benefits like you'll have in online, but you know, this time with footprints, you have them for the physical retail. So for example, you have lower cost per visit, right? Lower customer acquisition costs, higher, you know, uplifting sales, right? Because you know exactly, you know, what kind of products you, you need to offer to a specific group of people. You have predictive kind of traffic. So you have predictability, right? On that, you have accountability. So you can actually attribute the amount of money you put in digital advertising to the in-store, right? Results, which was never being possible, right? Of course, outside vouchers and, you know, mobile apps, again, this is just a very small fraction of the very big numbers that the retailers are in writing, right? So like in in e-commerce, right? Where, Where you know exactly where each individual dollar, right? is being invested and what that gives you back. This is exactly what you can do with footprints, but for the physical retail, right? Again, okay. it's the retail. Why? Because 90, you know, it's 93.5%, but you know, globally still 85% of all the retail sales are being done in, in the physical retail. Right. Okay. Now, so how long does it take for the analysis and for, for this AI, for the tracking to work and to, to get a good picture of what this person is or the group that they belong to? There are three stages on that. So first month we have, you know, quite blurry, but you know, a lot better than before. So one month it's enough. Then three months is threshold where we have enough confidence in the, in the, you know, profiling and the data models. So for example, we have beyond 70% accuracy, you know, evolution mm-hmm. on that. And then after one year, we have a very high confidence, right? In the, in the, in the models for each individual store, by the way, right? Because, you know, different geographies, different communities of people, you know, around the retail networks kind of pre- point of presence. Why is that? Because in comparison to all the other kind of business models, the retail model is based on a month by month and the season seasonality and the year by year kind of patterns, right? So we, okay. we need to capture a 
full better, a full year to understand the whole sensuality of the, the business models and how people interact with, with those retail stores. Okay. Once you profiled a segment or a user or a person, how would the retail store start taking advantage of this, this information and this data? Are they, are they advertising to them in specific channels? Like what does that look like once they have this information? For footprints, it is, is multi-channel basically. So for example, the marketing department can actually start using the, the specific profiles, right? The audiences that we can actually generate, and then they can target them either on their own media. So their own website, mobile app, digital screens in store, for example, or uh, we allow them to synchronize this data with their Facebook ads or Instagram ads or TikTok ads or Waze gotcha. ads or gotcha. Google ads, right? Or nowadays we're integrating with Netflix, right? To be able to target your customers if you are a retailer while watching a Netflix on their, you know, ads enabled kind of version. Okay. Okay. Now, a lot of our audience are startup founders themselves or aspiring, you know, entrepreneurs. And one thing I noticed is that you have co-sale partnerships with companies like Orange and Microsoft. How were, how were you able to get those partnerships with, with those massive companies? A very long engagement. I would, I would say. So it's a, you have to get in a van and go drive 3000 kilometers to go meet, to go meet with Sam Watson and, and in the U S. That's why story with partnerships as well. So that's exactly it. So with Microsoft, for example, there is a, a great guy there. His name is Shish and he's the head of retail, you know, startups and the technology innovation there. So I found out he's going to be in London for a specific event. I went there in London. I met him. I said, I need five minutes. He said, yes. Of course, we spent like two hours together that day, but he asked me, you know, after, I don't know, 15 minutes, you know, what, what's the plan? You know, are you going to, you know, meet other people? No, I'm, you know, I'm here just for you. Really? Yeah. I flew in just for you, just to meet you. I don't care about, you know, other, you know, events or, you know, meetings or anything else. So he liked that, right? This is what I'm, I'm doing. You know, if I have a chance with Walmart, I go there. I spend enough time until they get me in to have five or, you know, two hours or a full day with them to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm pitching the, you know, the narrative. Yeah. Now, obviously you didn't just approach the guy and say, I need five minutes with you. And he said, okay, sure. No problem at all. You know, like, how did you approach him? <laughs> I'm curious about this. That's yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm investing largely in, in my LinkedIn profile and that's the first thing. So I have a, I do believe I have a strong profile and I have a lot of things to, to add on the retail market, right? I have my own perspectives that I publish them. There, I engage in conversations around retail and just imagine all the retail, it's, you know, one of the biggest industries on the planet, number of people that are knowledgeable about the cutting edge technology, you know, it's a very small group, right? Globally. Uh, and of course, outside China, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm jumping into the conversations and I'm adding a lot of uh, content and I do this every day, you know. So start of the day, end of the day, middle of the day, that's, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on that. I have a radar on all the conversations I'm, you know, we're using Google trends and everything else, all alerts, right. To be alerted every time there's something happening. And yeah. the second thing that I'm doing, I give back. Oh, for example, if you'd be in Microsoft Romania and you need something and we have no engagement at the moment and there's nothing for me yet, I always help you to get that, you know, account or contact or anything else, right. Perspective, you know, I, I'm, I'm supporting a lot of initiatives outside my, my area of interest from a business perspective. That's the second thing. And the third thing basically, and that's 
based on my personal relationships as well. When I'm going into bed with someone, I'm going into bed with only that some that, that person, right? So when I'm with Microsoft, I'm not with I'm not with Google, I'm not with Amazon, and nobody else, right? I'm focusing only on that uh, relationship, and I'm employing people to actually nurture that relationship, although the return on investment is not there yet, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I love that that narrow focus on, you know, one specific brand, one specific person that you're really trying to engage with and not taking a shotgun approach and trying many different avenues here. Yeah. Speaking of Microsoft, they I know they put a lot of money into ChatGP3, which seems to be the trend right now. What do you make of ChatGP3, Dan? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I believe that there are there will be a lot of opinions. Of course, my take on that. And by the way, I mean, you know, I'm a journalist type. Yeah, that's my kind of college degree and the semiotician, semi you know, semiotics. So my my perspective is that first, when you do semiotics in communication studies, you you know, you learn about something which is called intertextuality. That nobody nobody invents anything. They're just reshuffling, remixing all the knowledge that has been ever generated, right? And this is called paradigm. So ChatGPT is not really reinventing any paradigm. It's all about us to you know, push that paradigm to new kind of on the edge kind of, you know, from a knowledge perspective, um, but boundaries, but going back, we are just codifying like never before a lot, a huge amount of knowledge, right? And we are automating a process that was perceived as creative, but now we are very surprised and also delighted at the same time that actually is not really, really, really creative, right? Uh, so we are now very surprised for the fact that, um, well, it sounds like, you know, a human being, right? Answering and having that, that much knowledge, but actually it tells a lot more about how we ended up creating these kind of professional professions, right? How we ended up actually having people in the creative industry, although they had no creativity to be generated, right? To be put on the table. And this says a lot of good things, but also a lot of bad, bad things about the economy and the type of professions that we have at the moment. So building on that, my perspective is that we are, we need to reinvent the way we work and the roles we have, right? In companies, we need to make sure that we are focusing more on the human capabilities and we leverage each individual capabilities instead of actually creating predefined kind of um, job roles and profiles. Right. And thirdly, I do believe that, you know, this will give a lot of other people that they don't, I'm, I'm from a small town, you know, I want to reiterate that. And I have a lot of former friends, you know, and colleagues, and they're very creative, they're very innovative, but they have no, had no chance, right. Professionally to, uh, you know, be in my place or in your place, right. They're still there, but a lot more, you know, intellectually driven, a lot more creative. So. ChatGPT and all the other AI technologies that are due to come will leverage and will give better opportunities to a lot of people that economically at, at the moment, you know, we are not supporting that, right? Again, I have a lot of co uh, colleagues, former colleagues that were smarter than I, I am. They were reading a lot more. They were more creative. They are, they are more artistic in expressing themselves, innovative from that sense, but they are still in, you know, very lame kind of role because of the economical kind of context. Yeah. So my faith is that AI will go, you know, fast. We help us going faster to a meritocratic kind of structure for a society. Okay. That's the logical part of the answer. If you Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, no. you know, we're already integrating ChatGPT and DALI to help our customers to generate visuals for their campaigns and text for the campaigns automatically. So that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I plan on on 
I, I use a tool. It's it's not Chad B three Chad B three, but it's something else, and it gives me suggested you know headlines for uh, different posts and things like that, which is fantastic. Okay, now we're gonna do some rapid fire questions here, Dan. Uh, again, just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. First question for you is, would you rather have $25,000 cash or dinner with Kevin Scott, the CTO of Microsoft? Of course, yeah. yeah. Dinner? Yeah, of course. <laughs> dinner. Multi-million opportunity. <laughs> yeah. We can go to a bank and get a $25,000 cash, right? It comes to the cost. Yeah. Okay. But then, right. you know, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Okay. What's the most interesting thing you've done in the past 26 days? I've been I've been having a dinner with Shish, the guy that I was in Bendonville, which is a very small city, eating oysters, you know, coming from 1,500 kilometers away and having a nightmarish indigestion after that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't eat oysters in Alabama, man. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't tell us. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. 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 You don't want to get the oysters there. Maybe on the East Coast, you know, up there near Connecticut or Rhode Island, but not, not in Alabama. Okay. What, what is the most death defying act you have ever done? Well, well, I, I didn't so far because my expectations are quite high, but I, I'm planning to do not a base jump, a wing should kind of fly. Oh, shit. Um, Hopefully, you know, I'll make that happen. But that, that's the plan. I love watching YouTube videos with, yeah, uh, yeah you know. Yeah, now this weekend I was showing my son a video and this guy and um, I forgot where he was, but he does it with his dog and his dog has no sense of fear and his dog completely trusts his owner and he jumps with his owner off the base jumps and then doing the wing thing. It was just great, like, great. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And I asked my son, would you ever want to do that? He said, no. And I, I was like, no. good, because I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> okay. Um, what is what is a must-have for successful entrepreneurs? It's is the is the marathon is on the sprint. So if you don't have a great passion of what you do, you won't be able to influence anybody to join up. You won't be able to wake up every morning and you know kick your ass and move on. You won't be able to, to go beyond the roller coaster because, you know, there are days and days, bad days and good days. And, you know, you don't need to be overexcited, but over depressed. So, you know, it's the passion that basically is moving whatever you do. Right. Yeah. If you don't have a passion and you just look at making money, that's not really a, yeah, yeah. That's not really a recipe for success. No, I agree 100%, especially with the ups and downs, because you can get excited about anything. And that excitement will carry you maybe the first three, six months, but there's always going to be a lot of walls that you hit and uh, you need to be definitely be passionate about what you're doing. All right, Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people learn more about you and Footprint? At the moment, mostly on LinkedIn. So we have a LinkedIn page, which is very rich in content and we are updating it regularly. Soon next week, we'll have a a website for PrinceForItel.com uh, and my profile, Delmark on LinkedIn, always available for a great chat around retail and retail media. All right. I'll include links to Dan's LinkedIn profile and the website in the show notes. All right. Think about how inspired you feel right now from Dan's story. Imagine you had missed out on that. So if you haven't already, give that subscribe button a push. That way you're notified and you won't miss out on any stories that you're hearing like the one that you're hearing right now. Now, before you get on with the rest of your day, I want you to hear something. You are awesome. Yes, you. Now you may be saying, come on, Eric, you just had Dan who is a rock star on the show and has built this innovative AI retail media platform. 
And while that may be true, if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, a startup founder, whatever you want to call yourself, you are our one of a very small percentage of human beings that have the courage and the vision to create something new. You're taking an idea and making it a reality, and that is pretty amazing, which makes you awesome. All right, have a wonderful day, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks.